Hello, and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, September 28th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is really honestly not sure how Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final is going to turn out tonight. Yeah, we will see. I feel like with this series, anything can happen. Yeah, for sure. To keep up to date on all the Flyers offseason moves and to get ready for the draft, follow us on Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. And we will have our Wednesday mailbag this week. So start to get your mailbag questions in either by Twitter or email, and we'll answer them for you. We're your hosts. I'm Rachel. And I'm Danielle. And today we are going to just get caught up on the Stanley Cup final. A couple little flyers, tidbits, and NHL news. We're going to switch it up a little bit this week and do our nemesis of the week earlier in the episode because uh, we had such a great conversation with Drew Meyer last week on Friday's episode, and we weren't able to share all of that with you, but there were some really good additional conversations that we had, not just about the draft, but about some existing Flyers roster stuff. So we thought we'd share that with you. So we'll have that in the latter part of the episode. And then, of course, we will wrap up with our Flyers fun thing. Subscribe to Locked On Flyers on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, so you can get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. All right, so Danielle, we had one little bit of Flyers news since last we spoke. The Flyers signed goaltender Alex Lyon to a one-year contract on Friday worth 700 k and it's a one-way contract, so he would have to pass through waivers to get sent down to the Phantoms. So that pretty much locks up the third-string goaltender position for this season. Were you surprised by that, or just you thought it was expected? No, I was completely surprised. I expected Lyon um, to like test the waters and try to see if he can get a backup position or just more NHL playing time with another um, organization. Don't get me wrong. I love Alex Lyon, but I just wanted that for him because I know that he most likely won't get that with the Flyers. Um, but yeah, when that notification came in that he that like someone was signed, I like, quickly went to go check and I was very surprised it was Alex Lyon. I was not expecting him. Yeah, I don't know that I was either. I mean, like you said, it wasn't totally surprising, but I think it felt a little bit like they were teeing up Felix Sandstrom and Ustamenko to be the tandem for the Phantoms and that they kind of figured the Alex Lyon ship had sailed. And so I I was honestly surprised by this. And I'm wondering which of those two will get the second slot in Lehigh Valley. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. So like we said, up top... The Stanley Cup final has been a little bit of a wild ride. Games four and five both went into overtime. Uh, did you happen to catch the controversial overtime penalty call for game four? No, I, I actually haven't watched any of the games this past weekend, so I don't really know. Um, I, I didn't really see it, but I heard a ton of people talk about it and how the goaltending was very suspect uh, this weekend. Um, what was the call? 
Yeah, for the uh, the officiating was just brutal. I think in game four more than game five, I would say. But there was a tripping penalty called on Jamie Ben in overtime, which allowed Kevin Shattenkirk to score the game-winning goal on that subsequent power play. And basically, they said it was like a ticky-tack call that in every other playoff scenario would never, ever get called. That maybe it's a regular season call, but no. So, like, when you're expecting to be able to play in a certain way and then like you get called on something that is a total shock to you then it it just doesn't seem fair I mean you know obviously they're not gonna say it totally cost them the game because obviously if they had scored other goals they might have won but I, I think that there was a little bit of consternation there especially because I think there were some bad calls throughout that game on both sides that it just it was dreadful that's unfortunate I'm happy that the stars were able to push it uh, to a game six because that would have been tough to go down like that yeah I think game five was pretty exciting there was you know a, a lot of really good back and forth action I do think that yeah, Tampa definitely dominated the game from you know a possession and shots perspective. I think that Dallas was just scrambling for a large part of the game, but I, I had some mixed feelings about it, just partially because I just don't like Corey Perry. <laughs> and so to mm. see him like score a game-winning double overtime goal, I was like, oh, yay, Dallas, but why him? Yeah, I feel like a lot of people were either just leaning all into cheering for it or just being disgusted that they had to at this point, um, which is absolutely fair. But I just remember being so confused when Dallas signed Corey Perry and everyone was saying, like, Me no, too. no, you don't understand. Like, he's a playoff performer. Like, he's going to be one of the people you want on your team in the playoffs. And I mean, a goal like that, I can't <laughs> I can't say they're wrong, but it's just so weird to be happy Corey Perry scored or like you know at least not yeah. disgusted he scored I don't know it's, it's 2020 is a weird year for sure <laughs> definitely I you know and I am actually over the moon for Joe Pavelski that he's having yeah. a really good Stanley Cup final uh, and that it, it feels like he has gelled with this Dallas team in a way that I just certainly didn't expect I completely agree. The regular season, it looked iffy, but I definitely think that he looks so much, he looks more comfortable there. And um, he's scoring big goals for them, which is what, you know, you want to see him do. Yeah. But it'll be tough, I think, to beat this Tampa team two games in a row like this. So I still kind of think Tampa's going to pull it out tonight, but we'll see. All right, and getting to our nemesis of the week, um, for those that might be newer to the program, each Monday we pick out like who or what in hockey is our nemesis or is pissing us off the most in this upcoming week. And last week we talked about the uncertainty about how next season was shaping up, so it's really hard to plan for it. And I think just given the Stanley Cup final – my nemesis of this week is the potential for mediocre X-Flyers to win Stanley Cups. Like, it's it's one thing when a beloved player, say Kimo Timonen, gets a, 
a trade to Chicago to finally win that Stanley Cup. Like, that's a feel-good story, even though it's Chicago. That being said, like, to see a Braden Coburn and Luke Shen potentially win a Stanley Cup, like, that just doesn't feel totally right. (laughs) What do you think about that? No, I completely agree with you. Um, It just uh, just doesn't sit right with me. I... (laughs) I'm I'm not pleased. The fact that like Luke Shen gets it before say Claude Giroux just I know. And it makes me like both Shens could potentially have a Stanley Cup, not with the Flyers. It's just like a slap in the face. Yeah. Mediocre X Flyers possibly winning the cup is our nemesis of the week. One thing that will put me in a much better mood after talking about our nemesis of the week is Built Bar because they are a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar. And somehow it got even better with some of the new flavors that they have. They have caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, my personal fave, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Yeah, talk about getting a bad taste out of your mouth with those mediocre flyers. Built Bar is the best way, and it's guilt-free because it's completely healthy. Built Bar is really good if you're looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in something that actually tastes good and it's good for you. Somehow they combine low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, and it really does taste good. (laughs) We're not lying to you about that. And I mean, people who are on keto diets love them as well because they fit into their like macros. It's perfect. It really is just the best overall treat. So for you to get Built Bar and have these amazing protein bars, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So like I said at the top of the show, we had this glorious conversation with Drew Meyer from Broad Street Hockey, and he had such great insight into potential Flyers draft picks, and we had so much good stuff. We wanted to give you more of that conversation, and in this part of the interview, we talk a little bit more about some of his favorite options for the Flyers to take, uh, whether or not we should potentially trade the pick, and then we get into some you know, Flyers roster questions that he had some really interesting answers on in terms of what to do with JVR, what position we should be targeting, and what kind of GM Chuck Fletcher should be this year. Uh, And then we talked a little bit about Johnny Goudreau and the 3C option for the Flyers going into next season. So a lot of really good stuff. Drew had some really good answers. So here is that part of our interview. There's like four or five guys who, if they took them, I'd be really, I'd be really happy with that. And it's it's a bit of a luxury to have. In, in the end, we may look back on it and say, oh, you know, they should have took this guy, should have took that guy. But but right now, I'm I'm pleased with uh, with how this is is going to be looking. So, who are those specific guys that you're targeting? Well, I, I said I really like Lucas Reichel, and I mm-hmm. really like. Uh, and I really like Jacob Perot. Those are, those are the, those are the two guys I really like the the best. And they've been comped around. Well, Reichel is a bit lower than 
Perot as of the kind of latest updates in the draft board. But Perot is uh, kind of a mid to late first rounder. That's what he's getting comped at right now. So he's very within the Flyers' reach. And a guy I just recently did a profile on recently, uh, I quite liked as well. And uh, that would be none other than uh, Emil Andre, who, and, and I know I'm contradicting myself because I said I want the Flyers to take a forward. <laughs> but, like I, but like I stated with Poirier before, I'm a big fan of defensive prospects who aren't the kind of, and I think Cam York's going to be great. But Cam York is very, is a safe player. He's like a two-way, you know, great at both of those aspects of the game, but not like outstanding at one of them. I'm tired of those kind of defensive players getting taken by the Flyers because we've already got like three of them in in our on our blue line right now. If you you need someone who's going to be able to step up on that power play one instead of Provorov, because love Provorov, he's not a power play one player. Uh, so a guy like Poirier or Emil Andre, I think, has a really clear path to taking that power play one spot if he develops correctly. And in particular with Andre, he's another kind of offensive defenseman, but less of a rover uh, that than uh, Poirier is. He's more just a really good offensive generator in terms of like, uh in the puck and moving with it can shoot from the blue line again a more traditional offensive defenseman but still a guy who can step up on the power play and who has been one of the best uh defensive prospects in sweden for for a while now and he he does that thing as well that phil myers likes to do where the play will be concentrated on one side phil myers just slips in like unnoticed the puck gets to him he's got a clear shot and he's got the uh, ability on uh, when he pinches like that, where he's gonna pick corners quite often, and it, it's uh, it's just a lot of fun watching him do that. And I'm gonna be very curious to see how he uh, how he continues to perform as he makes his way to the SHL because uh, he he played a bit there last year, but I think he only played like ten games or something. So I'm ex- he's another guy who. If the Flyers took him, I'd be, you know, maybe want a forward, but I, I would be, I'd be happy still. So this is a long shot question, but we, you touched on it a bit. Like say the Flyers trade their first for an impact player um, or a difference maker. Uh, how would you feel? Um, and like, where do you think the Flyers depth is prospect wise to cover that hole? of not having a, a, a first round pick. Well, I think the Flyers have got one of the best prospect pools in the NHL, even even still, now that they've they've moved some of those guys onto the NHL level. They're in a position where, and I know Flyers fans have a lot to say about Ron Hextall, but he set them up for the position they're in now uh, with uh, stockpiling prospects. And they have so many at this point that could go either or way. That, again, like I said, I wouldn't be upset at all if they traded their first-round pick this year. Uh, and, again, quite frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if they did it. They're, they've got enough depth, and there's enough good players in this draft where if they didn't have a first-round pick, 
I'd be comfortable with with whatever they did, provided that they didn't trade away that pick for a guy who isn't going to impact at the NHL level to the degree we'd like. Because we're all thinking that if they're going to do it, it's going to be for a guy like Goudreau. Just like an impact, like clear-cut top player. If it's going to be anything less than that, like a middle, kind of like a middling, uh, like second, third line, if you really need him to play their player, I, I wouldn't agree with trading it then. Just because they've, they've already got guys who can fill those positions. So at, at that point, it's not really worth it. Yeah, that's fair. What if it's to trade... Uh to like entice a team taking on like a JVR JVR's contract. That that's intriguing. I, 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 I'm not a huge JVR fan, but mm-hmm. I don't think the flyers should be so quick to move on from him unless it's going to be in a position where they're getting like an NHL player back, like a scenario where there's some kind of three-way trade involving like, the Flyers in Calgary and another team where they're getting Goudreau, but they're giving up GVR or some, something where they're shifting that salary, but they're mm-hmm. not just saying, please take this guy off our hands. Because <laughs> I, I think JVR had a better year. He, had, he didn't have an amazing 2019-20 or anything like that, but I thought he was better uh, last year than the year before. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I know the, the BSH radio crew have talked about this fairly extensively, but his underlying numbers were better. He was creating a lot. And all goal scorers are going to be streaky to a, group, to a degree. Uh, and maybe his level of production wasn't uh, befitting of his contract. But I don't think that the Flyers should be as quick and rash to move on from JVR that they're going to essentially just give away their first rounder for some team to take them. Cause at that point, then you're losing a really valuable asset in that first round pick that you could use to take, to, to trade for someone like Goudreau. Yeah, I think that's fair. I definitely agree. Though, of course, like we have to be concerned with like the salary cap and all that. So in the, in the end, they may kind of be forced to do, to do something like that with, that a lot of that money JBR is making. Again, I guess everything is yet to be seen. Yeah, I think so, and I think Fletcher said it around like some in some post comment, but he was saying that it, with the flat cap, they're going to be forced to make a lot of hockey deals. So it really has to make sense for both teams. Um, but yeah, that might be something that we see just to get to make some cap space to sign uh, and to get players that they think will make them a better team next season. Yeah. And, and in the end, I, I think it's, it kind of boils down to how much do you trust Chuck Fletcher to, to win those, those quote unquote hockey moves. Uh, Cause I, I know that I can't name, uh, I can't name more than even the three or four GMs that the majority of fans trust. Uh, like, I don't think the deal, like, I guess it's unfortunate the deal didn't go through, but if Fletcher was going to make a deal like, say, uh, trading for Mike Matheson, I don't, I don't think that would be in anyone's best interest. Uh, but, but I do think Fletcher is a smart GM, uh, and I think he's better than 
what we saw in his deadline moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for all our sake, let's hope he's better than <laughs> his deadline moves. Uh, but this is going to be an incredibly critical draft and off season for him. We're going to really see what he's made of and hope, hopefully he, uh, he's able to make these, these like hockey deals that, that actually benefit the flyers instead of harming them. Yeah. I, I mean, fingers crossed I, so far. So good. I, I've, and I've talked about this a lot with Rachel. I was skeptical uh, of, Fletcher, but his moves so far, I I can't really complain with anything that he's done. And the one thing I really appreciate is the fact that he really does seem to value the prospects that the Flyers do have. And um, like you said, with Ron Hextall, that's one thing that he did not let us down on. He has stocked the cupboard. We have a ton of guys, and that's why we're able to be in the position that we are right now. Yeah, it's a it's a unique position the Flyers are in. They've got it's almost like they've come to this branching pathway, and now will decide their fate for the next five years. And it's an exciting time to to be a Flyers fan, albeit a nervous one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. And I was actually thinking that, especially given Fletcher's connections with Minnesota in terms of the Wild as a team and anyone born in the state, apparently. Um, that whether the Flyers may consider trading for Matt Dumba, that would that would certainly be interesting. That would. Uh, I I think I, I read an article. Um, I think that Marat um, from the Athletic uh, he he released I think last week, and it was the pros and cons of getting Matt Dumba. And I think that he would definitely fit in um, better with the Flyers just because he wouldn't be expected to to play top pair minutes always. But yeah, definitely be interesting. I don't know if I can't decide if I want the Flyers to go for uh, a goal-scoring winger or uh, a defenseman. I mean, I'd personally prefer them to go for a forward, just because I think ideally you're uh, you're going to have Provorov, Niskin, and Sanheim Myers, uh, and if they trade Ghost, uh, I'd love for uh, for Igor Zamula to slot in there but i don't know whether they uh whether or not they feel comfortable with that but i think just the stability of the blue line is far greater at this point than what we've got at the forward positions so bring on johnny hockey (laughs) that's fair yeah yeah i think that this will be a very telling year for chuck fletcher in terms of what he does at the draft and what he does with, you know, free agency and and contracts and, and the like, because it will literally double the amount of data we have on him as a Flyers GM. So I think that kind of the picture will start to take shape of what kind of Flyers specific GM Chuck Fletcher is. And I, I'm very curious to see how all of this goes. I, I want this prediction to be wrong, uh, but... I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him go a bit more conservative because that's kind of seemed to be the theme of the uh, theme of the year with him. Uh, I wouldn't say any of the, any of the moves he's made uh, externally from the organization in terms of calling players up have been all too risky or, or exciting. And I, I want that to change uh, because 
I, I do think some serious uh, business needs to be done in the offseason to, to take this Flyers team from simply just making the playoffs, winning a round maybe, and then exiting to an actual cup contender. I would, I would love to see him be more aggressive and really pursue that and make moves that are going to put them there. Like, like we've been screaming about a Goudreau trade, but his, his track record doesn't necessarily suggest he will do that. But I, I hope I am wrong. Now, if the Flyers do get uh, Johnny Gaudreau, are you just are you fine with just him riding out those the last two years of his contract, or do you think that's something that you'd want to re-sign him? I think you, if you're trading for him, I don't. I think you'd have to re-sign him. Hmm. I, I think I think Chuck Fletcher is smarter than Matt Klintak in that he's not just going to trade for for a player like for a season and a half or. Uh, the length of Johnny Goodrow's contract and just let him walk uh, JT Romuto. Um, but <laughs> I, I think if they're trading for him, they're re-signing him. I don't think it makes sense to, to give up all those assets and not do that. And it, it, at least in, in hockey, those kind of rental moves, I don't think they, they tend to happen more at like the deadline than the off season. So if they're trading for him in the off season, I think they have all the, all the intention of re-signing him in the future when that then it comes to it. All right, last question for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen with the three C position? Well, crossing my fingers, it's going to be Nolan Patrick, but we've yet to see him uh, or, and get any update on his situation. Uh, I, I really hope that. Uh, I, I really hope he does come back. Not that I think there's a serious chance he'll just retire i mean that that wouldn't like i would whatever is best for his health has to happen in the end but i i do believe he will come back and eventually take that spot because i'm really hoping it's not uh it's not Derek grant or anyone like that uh but you and me both (laughs) yeah because because like the flyers at center that you've got couturier at one you've got hayes at two four it's I mean, if we're if we're talking Scott Lawton, I wouldn't mind him at three C. I think he's certainly capable of it, even though he's like proven to be better on the wing uh, in terms of just his his value uh, in terms of underlying numbers. But I, I think they want to keep Lawton if they're going to put him at center at four C because they they like retrained him to do that. I don't think they want to go back on it. If if it's not Patrick, my next. Uh, my next next man up is Morgan Frost for me, because uh, I I really like his game. I think eventually he could turn into like a legitimate top line guy. They gotta they gotta play him in the NHL to let him take that take that experience and eventually become that guy. So I I would love it if they put Frost there. Not not sure if that's gonna be a realistic thought, but I can I can certainly hope. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's my biggest question going into next season is what they're going to do and how they're going to fill that role. Because um, I don't I don't think they're going to go externally to sign a a depth center. I don't I don't think that uh, certainly hope that guys like Grant and Thompson aren't back to take those spots away from from a kid like Frost. But 
if, if they're gonna because they didn't work out particularly it, well and so you might as well try promoting according, from within you know yeah according to us they didn't go well i, I guess <laughs> we should clarify because according to elaine Vigneault, nate thompson crushed it <laughs> oh <Yeah>. lord <laughs> Well, Drew, I think that's it for us. Thank you so much for joining us. This was really good conversation. Thank you, and I, I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. We might, uh, I mean, if you're open to it, come back after the Flyers do pick, and we can uh, see what what uh, new prospects they're adding to their cupboard. So thanks again to Drew for joining us. And now we will wrap up with our Flyers fun thing. Since we talked about Alex Lyon's new contract, I thought we should bring in an Alex <laughs> Lyon fun thing. And it made me recall the longest game in AHL history, which was a playoff game between the Phantoms and the Charlotte Checkers, where uh, Alex Lyon made 94 saves in that Phantoms win incredible yeah that game went into i think it was five overtimes five or six overtimes it was just a marathon thank god the phantoms won (laughs) it would have been such a slap in the face if they didn't but i mean this has to be like lion's most memorable game for the fan base and for him because i just i could not believe it just kept going yeah and uh, the Phantoms got pretty well outshot in that mm-hmm. game overall. So Alex Lyon was absolutely critical to to winning that game. And it was good to see his reaction at the end of it, too. So that'll wrap it up for today. We will be back again tomorrow. And as a reminder, we want to hear from you. Send us in your questions or your thoughts about the Flyers via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers or by email to LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Danielle, and you can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. And I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. Now play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL and have a great day.